Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about following Jesus. One of the distinctive things that Jesus did at the very outset of his public ministry was to call disciples, to call followers or students after him. And there was and there is still something compelling about Jesus that meant he succeeded in calling people to follow him. And in today's passage, we meet people who encountered Jesus, the very first ones, and discover that he knows them. They discover that he convinces them and calls them to orient their lives to him, to recognise in him one who has come from God in a unique and wonderful way. And ever since then, uh, there have been and still are people who encounter Jesus and discover that he knows them, that he convinces and calls them to follow him, to orient their lives to him. But these first followers right here at the beginning of John's gospel, John chapter one, they show us what it means at the heart of it to follow Christ. And so today I want to talk about uh, this passage under three headings. Firstly, uh, that the followers of Jesus are inspired by a discovery of who he is. Secondly, that they are impressed by his knowledge of who they are. And thirdly, that they are invited to look for ever greater things from Jesus. So let's start with the first of those. People follow Jesus when they discover who he is. This passage is full of confession, uh, full of people saying who they believe Jesus is. John the Baptist says of Jesus, look, the Lamb of God. Andrew tells his brother Simon, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. Philip says to Nathaniel, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael confesses to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And what this conveys, all of this confession, is that at the heart of the Christian faith and discipleship is a recognition. The recognition that Jesus is all these things who he is confessed to be. He is the Lamb of God. That is, the one whom God has provided, the lamb who comes from God to be a sacrifice for sin, the one who takes away the sin of the world. And he takes away the sin of the world, including our sin, so that we need not fear God's judgment, so that we need not suffer in shame and guilt and any self-loathing, but rather that we may have peace with God and fellowship with God, and belong to God. There are other things we recognise about Jesus, as well as that he's the Lamb of God. Uh, He's the Messiah, the Christ. That is, he's the one chosen by God to rule his kingdom, to embody and to bring about God's good order of grace and truth, of righteousness and peace, He's the one to make the world what it could be and what it should be. That is, 
somewhere where love is the source and the principle of thought and word and deed. Disciples also recognise in Jesus, this is the one whom Moses wrote about in the law. And you might think, what, who is this? This one Moses wrote about. What's the law? Well, the law is the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, traditionally uh, attributed to Moses. And so we might consider Deuteronomy 18, 15, from the fifth book of the Bible, where Moses says to Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. And a few verses later, the Lord says to Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command them. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. And through the history of Israel, many fulfilled the office of prophet. They did this work that God gave them to do. We think of names like Elijah or Elisha, of Nathan or Isaiah. But in the first century, Jews expected an ultimate capital P prophet to come who would be the the fulfilment of all fulfilments of this promise of Moses, that he would be the prophet of God's coming age of righteousness. And so Jesus is recognised as this one who speaks from God and who needs to be listened to. Nathaniel's later acclaim of Jesus as the Son of God and the King of Israel is equivalent again to saying Messiah or Christ. Here is the one who will answer all the hopes that the Old Testament creates, that God would act to deliver his people from all their enemies. Here is the one who will do this. Now you and I, if we are Christians, will recognise in Jesus all these things. That he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the Messiah, the Christ. He is the one Moses wrote about in the law. Andrew, Simon, Philip and Nathaniel recognised these things when they, they encountered the Word made flesh. That is the man, Jesus of Nazareth, who walked into their lives and addressed them with his human voice. We don't have that experience, but we may recognise Jesus when we encounter him in other ways. God's word has its form as scripture, the books of the Bible, inspired by God's spirit and made living and active in our hearts by God's spirit as we read and absorb it. And many people will testify that Jesus meets them and addresses them even as they encounter him in scripture. We may also recognise Jesus as God's Son through the word shared with us by other believers. Andrew went to his brother Simon to tell him, we have found the Messiah. Philip went to his friend Nathaniel to tell him, we have found the one Moses wrote about. God's word also has its form as the witness to Jesus of those who have come to know him, have found him. And so there are conversations that you might have had with others, sermons you might have heard, books you might have read, which have directed you, directed your heart to an encounter with Christ. One way or another, to be a Christian, to be a disciple or follower of Jesus, is to recognise who he is, 
the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the prophet whom Moses wrote about. And that recognition is expressed in confession. You are the Son of God. We have found the Messiah. And so as we come to church week by week, we do these things where perhaps there's a baptism, perhaps a confirmation. Each week we say the creed, we sing hymns, where we do what comes naturally. We affirm our recognition of Jesus, our discovery of who he is, the Son of God, our Saviour. So that's the first thing we learn about what it means to be a follower, a disciple, is to recognise who Jesus is and to confess it. Secondly, people who follow... Uh, secondly, we might say people follow Jesus when they discover that he knows them. So we're dipping behind not just what do Christians do, but why do they do it? Why have they come to this recognition? I think we might say they discover that Jesus knows them. Let's focus on Nathaniel, the the last fellow who has a conversation with Jesus, as an example of how and why people might recognise Jesus as this son of God. For in Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel, which is the most complex and the longest of the four, Nathaniel has an experience of being seen and known. This is powerful for him. Nathan, Nathaniel's first words that we read are quizzical, even perhaps cynically sceptical. When Philip says, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, Nathaniel replies, Nazareth? Anything good come from there? He's not really very impressed by this claim that from Nazareth comes this mighty figure. But he goes along to meet Jesus. And something about the encounter provokes him. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And as with many things Jesus says, especially in the Gospel of John, it is not obvious what Jesus means by this. Perhaps Jesus is picking up a phrase from Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. That psalm begins with these two beatitudes, these blessings. It says, Blessed is the one whose transgression whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So perhaps Jesus is using the language of Psalm 32 just to, in some ways, pay Nathaniel a compliment that you are one of those who are blessed in Israel, one of those whose sins are covered, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Perhaps, though, it's something slightly different that... Jesus is indicating his knowledge of Nathaniel. Because Nathaniel, he was pretty forthright, wasn't he? Pretty outspoken, pretty straight-up fellow, saying what he thought. Nazareth, he says, is not kind of playing his cards close to his chest. There's no guile there or deceit or subterfuge. You just, what you see is what you get with Nathaniel. Maybe that is what Jesus means when he says, there's no deceit in this fellow. You can tell straight away what he thinks. Whatever Jesus meant, Nathaniel experienced Jesus' words as a sign that Jesus knew him. And so he asks, how do you know me? Straight away, he's taken aback. And when Jesus answers this question, Nathaniel is overwhelmed, not just taken aback, but overwhelmed. Jesus answered, I saw you 
while you were still under the fig tree, before Philip called you. The gist of the message seems to be, before you had heard of me, I saw you. Well, again, like many of the things Jesus says in conversation, it's hard to pin down exactly what he means. And why this answer would have such a strong effect on Nathaniel is not clear, because what's the significance of the fig tree? What was Nathaniel doing under it? Why does it have this effect? We, we ask these questions, it's not apparent what the answers are, except that we have Nathaniel's amazed response, which seems to indicate that he is convinced that God, that Jesus does know him, that he did see him, and that in a miraculous and overwhelming way, Nathaniel is convinced that he is indeed dealing with somebody favoured with divine power. Rabbi, he says, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. At the core of Nathaniel's meeting with Jesus is the conviction that Jesus knows him and sees him. How do you know me? Are his first words, I saw you, is Jesus' claim. And people follow Jesus when they discover that he knows them. Still today, people feel that Jesus conveys to them that he knows them. People have a a spiritual encounter with Jesus in which they come to believe that Jesus sees them and knows them. Now, being known is a very confronting thing on the one hand because, you know, lots of us, we like our privacy and we have our secrets that we prefer stay secret, thanks very much. And to be known, well, that's, that's confronting. However, being known is also very wonderful especially when the one who knows us is someone we realise we can trust. When Nathaniel realised that Jesus knew him, he was awed and he was overjoyed. His exclamation is holy without fear or reserve. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. When you realise that Jesus sees you, that he knows you and you understand the way he knows you and how good it is that he knows you, then it's the most natural thing in the world to say to him, as Nathaniel did, you are the son of God and to follow him. The third and last thing I want to say uh, this morning is that people who follow Jesus, apart from recognising who he is and following him because they discover that he knows them, uh, people who follow Jesus are invited to look for ever greater things in him. Jesus says perhaps his most cryptic words for last. Verse 50, Jesus said, You believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And then he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Well, what is Jesus saying here, you might think? Well, we can say a couple of things. Firstly, Jesus is evoking the dream that Jacob had as he fled from Esau. Way back in Genesis 28, verses 10 to 12, we read this. Jacob, uh, son of Isaac, left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to asleep. 
he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Jesus says that Nathaniel and others will see the angels of God ascending and descending. But not on a stairway to heaven, rather ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Who is this Son of Man? Well, secondly, we can say that Jesus is also evoking Daniel 7. And you've perhaps heard me say this before a number of times. In Daniel 7, there is a vision of one like a son of man, one like a human figure, who is given glory and honour and power and an everlasting kingdom by God, the Ancient of Days. And readers of the Gospels will know that this is the title that Jesus used to talk about himself, the Son of Man. And so in his vivid and cryptic way, Jesus says to Nathaniel, in me and on me and about me, you will see God's glory and God's power at work, these angels of God, the glory of God, the power of God, will be active in me. When you see me, you'll see this. Jesus is going to show Nathaniel and the other disciples more. And so come next week, because we're going to hear about that more when Jesus reveals his glory to his disciples by a miracle at Cana of Galilee, the famous water into wine at the wedding. Ultimately, though, Jesus will reveal his glory in his death as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and his resurrection as the Son of God. But even now, even after all of these deeds of Jesus, we here sitting today can Expect and look for even more of God's glory and power to be revealed in Jesus. Because in our lives, he is at work. He is doing things, saving things in your life and mine. And as he does this saving work in us and through us and for us, we see him do more and more things, better and better things. Following Jesus means discovering who he is, the Son of God, recognising this because he meets us in his word by his spirit and shows us that he knows us and looking then for ever greater things in Jesus and from Jesus who brings heaven's power and glory to earth, into our lives. Come, says Jesus, and you will see there is the invitation. Shall we pray that we can accept it? Let's pray. Meet us, Lord, as we come to you and show us that you do know us. Open our eyes to recognise you as the Son of God and to see the power and glory of God active in the world, in our lives, through you, so that we might follow you just as Nathaniel and the others did. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.